welcome to the broadcast of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. We are located at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're so glad you've tuned in. We pray that today's message is truly a blessing to you. If you desire prayer, our ministers are available to pray with you. Give us a call at 803-776-1238 or call us toll free at 1-888-776-1238. Today, Pastor Daryl Jackson continues the 60th year Diamond Jubilee series with the message titled, Where Are You? There's a word from the Lord this morning. I want to invite you to the book of Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, reading from the New King James Version as we continue this year-long series that is entitled the Diamond Jubilee Series, messages that God has given us this 60th year. My prayer is that 10, 20 years from now, these messages will still be available that your children and your grandchildren will be able to go back and listen to a message that God gave during this 60th year celebration that will bless them and bless our community. Genesis chapter 3 verses 8 and 9. Listen to the word of the Lord. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Jesus, what could you have done that you've got to hide yourself from the presence of God? We'll find out. Okay. They hid among the trees of the garden. And verse 9 is where the subject is found. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Our subject for this Diamond Jubilee series message is lifted directly from the text. It is the question that God asked Adam. Here it is. Look at someone standing next to you and simply ask them where are you that's it where are you clap those hands as you take your seat this this month of june is a very special month here at bible way And it's even more special in this year, this Diamond Jubilee year. For it is the month in which we here choose to highlight the importance of the relationship that men, we as men, have with God. March is the month in which we highlight and and we recognize Uh, women and all of their many contributions in their relationship with God. But June is the month in which we do that as it relates to men. Now, although the message is the first message of this month, 
and it is men's month, it is intended for everyone. But I must confess, if I am totally transparent, that I have you in mind, men, <laughs> when I ask this question that God asks of Adams. This is the month in which we look at our responsibilities as men, our responsibilities to our families, to our selves, and to each other. And so in this message today, in today's message, on this first Sunday of June 2023, we would like to examine a simple yet profound and important question asked by God of Adam. Adam, the first man created, asked by God of Adam after Adam's disobedience, after Adam's fall from grace. Listen, it is said that knowing the right question to ask is perhaps even more important than knowing the right answers to every question. A whole lot of people who think they know everything but don't even know what to ask. <laughs> Asking the right questions means so much. I remember as being a law school student after I graduated from Benedict College, went to the University of South Carolina School of Law, sitting in a class, and it was all about teaching us how to critically think. One of the things I came to appreciate a lot about the law is that you've got to know what questions to ask. And I saw an article, I saw an article in a Forbes magazine uh, printed edition, an article that was dated November the 5th, 2021. The article was entitled, The Power of Asking the Right Questions. Listen to what the author says. The author of the article is quoted as saying, asking the right questions can unlock, somebody say unlock, opportunities you didn't even realize existed. That's why we ought not be so critical of young people who are inquisitive, young people who ask questions. I, I take so much pride in the fact that my grandkids ask questions. My oldest granddaughter would ask a million questions. And I would say, don't suppress that. That's an indication of a desire to learn. I, I'm concerned about people who never have any questions. <laughs> perhaps they know everything. <laughs> or perhaps they don't want to know anything. Preach Pastor Jackson. So knowing the right questions to ask is very important as it relates uh, to our ability to be functional human beings. However, when it comes to God, I'm going somewhere, it is important for us to note that with God, like any good trained lawyer is taught, 
When you ask a question, you already know the answer. Look at somebody and say, he already knows the answer. Whenever God asks a question, God already knows <laughs> the answer. He doesn't ask you where you've been last night for you to come up with something. I'm preaching, Pastor Jackson. He knows your downsettings and your uprisings. The scripture says, even if I make my bed in hell, whew, behold, thou art there. God already knows the answer when he asks us a question. Listen, that, that leads us to our text. Leads us to the text. And in the text, let us, for the next few moments, look at what is perhaps the most famous and fascinating question found in the Bible. Our text records this question, and I say it is fascinating when you explore the context. In our text, we have the first recorded conversation in the Bible between God and mankind. In the text, we have that conversation, a conversation between God and Adam, God and mankind. And in this conversation, God simply asked Adam this very intriguing and interesting question, where are you? <laughs> I, I want that to sit on you for a while. Where are you? <laughs> In order to appreciate what God is asking Adam, I have to put this in some historical context for you to understand the significance of the question. Adam was unlike anything else that God had created. We're told in the book of Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And here's what the text says. And then God did something for Adam he had not done for any of his other creations. God breathed into the nostrils of Adam's, the breath of life. And he became a living creature, a living being. God put his breath whoo, in man. That's why our bodies are the temples of God. That's why Adam was not like any of the other crawling creatures. Adam was not like any of the other flying creatures. Adam was not like any of the other large predatory creatures that may have walked the face of the earth. God did not breathe into dinosaurs. God did not breathe into birds. God did not breathe into insects. But God chose Adam to breathe into him his breath. 
the breath of life. And here's what I told the church this morning at 8. When you understand what you are carrying in you, then you ought to treat it a little differently. When you understand that in you exists the breath of God, you ought not drink it to death or smoke it to death. Can I preach? When you understand that in you is the breath of God, you ought to treat your temple differently. Your body is the temple of God as we, as we talked about Yesterday at the men's health fair, it matters how you treat your temple because your body, listen to this, your body is a billboard of the presence of God. And so when they see you walking around, you are walking around with the breath of God. That's why when you choose to put ink all on your body, say, I'm not, I'm not criticizing, I'm not telling you don't do this, but here's what I'm telling you. Think about what you put on you. Somebody say, well, I just put my boo's name on my arm. Did your boo wake you up this morning? <laughs> Started you on, I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe you go to your boo when you get a cancer diagnosis. Maybe, maybe when you can't make ends meet, your boo brings you out of it. But anybody know if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I respect who I am. I respect my body. My body is the temple of God. And when you walk around with anything that defames God on your body. Amen. It is a it is it is judgment against you and your relationship with God. Y'all know what kind of preacher I am. I'm not one of those preachers that sends everybody to hell because you make the decision about what you want to be and your relationship with God and who you represent. Who? May I preach? Adam had that. Adam was given dominion over every living thing that had been created. Look at Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 and 30. I want to show you something as we put it on the board. Adam represented he was given dominion. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the, somebody say dominion, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, all in the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps. <laughs> Every bug, Mother Jackson, every lizard, every, every worm, every creeping thing that creeps. God has given man dominion over that. God gave Adam the right to name them. God gave Adam the authority over everything. So God created man 
in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God gave Adam dominion over all of that. But perhaps the most important and significant thing as it relates to both Adam and Eve's relationship with God is that they had the honor and the privilege of being in the presence of God. They, they had an honor and a privilege uh, to being in the same atmosphere. The Bible says in the cool of the day, the spirit of the Lord walked through the garden. They had not only dominion and, and authority over everything in the garden, they had the honor and the privilege of, of being in the presence of God. However, as we witness in verses 1 through 6 of Genesis chapter 3, they were willing to give it all up to pursue the one thing that they were told they could not have. I'm preaching to someone right now. Here's what God told me to remind you. Are you willing to walk away from all of the privileges of God chasing an illusion? Chasing something you can't know? She is not worth it. He is not worth it. That relationship is not worth your family. That relationship is not worth your presence with God. They gave it all up for the one thing that God told Adam in chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, that he could not have. Listen, this is why God held Adam responsible. This command God gave to Adam. Pastor Hamilton, this was before even the creation of Eve because after this, he says he put Adam to sleep and made Eve out of the rib in his side. God said to Adam and the Lord God commanded the man saying, every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Look at what God says. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. And when you do eat, you will surely die. Everything in the garden is yours. Help me understand this. Some of us are so greedy. Some of us are so consumed with what we don't have that we give up everything we do have. Some of us in the pursuit of what is not ours lose everything that God has given. Is it worth it for you to lose everything over the one thing that God says you can't have. Listen, I told the church this morning at 8, my prayer to God has always been because my father's instruction to me as a young man was, son, pray for a spirit of contentment. Let me help y'all out. 
because this is what daddy said. If you got a spirit of contentment, you'll be satisfied with your wife, your house, your car, where God has placed you to minister. But when you have a restless, greedy uh, spirit, you want to be like everybody else. You're not satisfied with what God has blessed you. You want things that other people have and you lose the blessings that God has given you. Don't fool me now, but everybody take about 10 seconds to give God a hand of praise if you are content. I've learned to be content in whatever state I find. Whatever you do, however you fix me, Lord, whatever you do, have your way, Lord. I'm happy. In a happy folk. Look at somebody and say, be happy with what you have, with who you are with what God has given you. You can celebrate what other folk have, but you don't have to envy them. You can celebrate what other folk have, but you don't have to desire their stuff. Look, I hope God gives you everything you want. I want you to have as much money, as many blessings, the bigger house you want, how many cars you want, but that does not mean that God wants Dara to have what you have. I'm happy with what Dara have, and if I don't ever get anything else, God, you're already Jehovah Jireh. God is already enough. Somebody give God of praise for being Adam's Achilles heel E's Achilles heel was that they could not be content with everything else until they had the one thing they could not have. Ooh. And they gave it all up. <laughs> they gave it all up for the one. Every other tree was theirs. Every fruit bearing tree was theirs. Every shade tree <laughs> was theirs. Every cattle, every creeping thing was under their authority. Just one tree, tree of knowledge, good and evil, you cannot touch. I'm stuck there for a moment because God has dropped in my spirit. So many people are living an unsatisfied life now because you're chasing the one thing God says you can't have. Look at God. And because of their disobedience, they found themselves in this situation. They're in. Listen, here's what the text says. When they sin, they realize their nakedness. Because the chapter concluded in verse 2 and says they were naked and not ashamed. Woo. But when they sin they realize things they ought to be ashamed of. And here's what the text says. They hid themselves whew, from the presence of God. 
Some folk won't come to church because they think they are hiding from God. Some folk can't worship like they used to because they are ashamed and they think they're hiding from God. They hid themselves from the one thing that was perhaps their greatest asset, the presence of God. God's response to Adam's disobedience was to confront Adam with this very important question. God simply walked through the garden. Adam and Eve hiding themselves among the trees, fig leaves covering their bodies, ashamed, running from the presence of God. And the voice of God simply said, Where are you? I'm preaching to someone now. Uh, The voice of God to the first act of sin on earth simply asked the question, where are you? Three key insights from this incredible question that God asked of Adam uh, that we ought to consider right now. Three key amazing insights. Number one is this. God was not asking Adam to disclose his physical location. For God is omniscient. God knows everything. I need you all to help me look at somebody and say he knew exactly where Adam was. Can I let you in on something? God knows exactly where you were last night. God knows exactly where you were last month. God knows every crack, every sneaky place, every dark place, every alleyway you have been in. God knows exactly where you've been all of your life. If you make your bed in hell, behold, God is there. Look at somebody and say, he already knows. He already knows. And so he did not ask Adam, Adam, tell me your location. God knew that Adam was somewhere hiding among the trees. He knew that. That was not the context of his question. Second key insight taken from this amazing, incredible question of God to Adam was this. God did not ask Adam, this is so important to all of you that like to know everybody else's business. All of you that like to judge everybody for what they've done. I need you to see this. Take a picture of this. Don't forget this. God did not ask Adam what he had done. To all the nosy saints, I've got a word for you. It ain't your business. Look at somebody say, none of your business. I wonder why she at the altar. None of your. I wonder what she has done. It's not your business. God never asked Adam, tell me what you have done. 
Why did God not ask Adam that question, Pastor Jackson? Here it is, three words. He already, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Look at somebody say, he already knew. God knows everything you've done. God knows everything you desire to do. God knows everything you tried to do and did not work out. God knows everything you would have done if you had somebody to do it with. God, help me, Holy Ghost. God knows everything about you. So all of these fake people trying to please God, all of these false saints trying to look holy in front of people, don't waste your time. God knows everything about you. He knows your thoughts from afar. Look at somebody and say, he already knows. He already knows. Anybody know that God knows everything that you've ever done? He already knows. And here is the third and the final insight of the question that God asked of Adam. God's question to Adam was really about Adam's relationship with God. In other words, he was not concerned about Adam's location. He was not concerned about what Adam had did. The real question was, Adam! Where is your heart? That's what I want to know. Where is your I know what you've done. I know where you are. But tell me, where are you? Who am I preaching to right now? I don't need to know what you've done. I'm not a Roman Catholic priest. Don't come confess anything to me. You need to confess to God. And then God asked the question, where is your heart. Perhaps God was offering Adam an opportunity for redemption. But in order for Adam to have taken advantage of that opportunity, Adam had to first answer the question truthfully. You can't be redeemed trying to fool God. I'm preaching to somebody, you, you can't ever get saved trying to, you can fool some of the people sometime, you may fool all the people sometime, but you can't ever fool God any of the time. You've got to answer the question truthfully, here I am, Lord. I've done this. Look at Psalms 51. David writes this incredible psalm in Psalm 51. Having committed adultery with Bathsheba, had her husband killed on the battlefield. The prophet Naaman goes to David and said, David, you are the man. You committed this sin. Verse 10, Psalms 51, verse 10, 11, and 12. Listen to what David said. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast or right spirit within me. Verse 11, David said, do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Anybody know that you need God to lift you up? 
anyone know the Lord I'm not perfect all the imperfect people stand to your feet clap your hands and say here I am Lord come on here I am oh, now all of you that are so perfect you know but all of you that know you need God right now say here I am Lord because the Bible says as a man thinketh in his heart Psalms 20 Proverbs 23 and verse 7 as a man thinketh in his heart so is he God is asking the same question Ooh. God is asking, I wanted you to hear this message. I need you to start this month out considering this. Where are you? Look at somebody and say, where are you? Wave at somebody and say, where are you? Uh, here's the challenge. Every brother, every man, it doesn't matter if you're Pastor Jackson, Associate Pastor Lawson, Deacon Mel Parker, Deacon Albert Simmons, it doesn't matter who you are. Or the brother in the parking lot, or the brother who just left the crack house. The question is still the same. Where are you? You can't. It's time out for trying to fool God. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm preaching to somebody now. It's time to get real with God. Created me a clean heart. Is there anyone under the sound of my voice right now that needs to get it right with God? Here's the question. Where are you? God says, I'm calling out. Ooh. I'm calling out if you're here and God is calling you leave your seat this is only for those that are hearing this question here I am Lord. leave your seat walk down the hours and say here am I I'm calling God says I'm calling you I'm calling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are you? Look at somebody and say, where are you? This is not for Pastor Darrell Jackson's knowledge, but this is you and God. Where are you? Ooh. As we conclude this message, let us consider this question. Will your heart, will your soul say yes to the will of God for your life? Or are you still hiding among the trees with fig leaves covering that what you are ashamed of? <laughs> no one is perfect. We're not here to judge anyone. But God is here to redeem you. Here's what Jeremiah writes in Lamentation. It is of the Lord's mercies Ooh. that we have not been consumed. His compassion faileth not. Ooh. 
it is renewed every morning great is thy faithfulness where are you the altar is now open for anyone who wants to come where are you you cannot escape the question listen some of you may choose not to answer but you won't escape the question when you go home tonight when you go back to where you've come from this question will still be in your mind where are you Ooh, God says I want to do so much for you I, I, I want to make you the head and not the tail I want to bless you coming in and going out I want to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing but I need to know this where are you <laughs> anyone needs a blessing from the Lord anyone wants a blessing from the Lord anyone wants deliverance from the Lord anyone needs a breakthrough from God and turn to somebody and say where are you Ooh. where are you will your heart will your soul say yes will your spirit say yes there's more that I require of thee <laughs> will your heart will your soul say yes there was a time in my life in which I was faking it look good sounded good really wasn't connected I'm going to tell you this in true confession there was a time in my life having been called to the ministry in which I was faking it didn't really have the relationship with God that I desired too many things in life slipped me up threw me off course and it wasn't until I forgot about the image I wanted to project and remember the relationship that I needed to have. <laughs> it's not about your image. It's about your relationship with God. Everybody close your eyes because somebody needs to leave their seat right now and, and stand at this altar and say, here am I, Lord. Ooh, will your heart? Will your heart? God is speaking to someone right now. Ooh, uh, yeah. Will you speak? Where are you? Where's your heart? <laughs> there is more than I require of. Maybe you're interceding for someone who is not here today. Come and just stand at the altar and say, God bless them, bless them. If you're here, you want. Now will your heart and soul 
thank you, Regina. Say yeah. This is a sacred moment. I don't want you to jump and shout. I need you to hear this message this morning. Will, Will your, your spirit, Will your spirit say yeah? Woo, yeah. <laughs> uh, if I told if I told you, you what, what I I really need, what I really need, God says. On someone say Jesus. Yes, I will. I promise I won't stray, Jesus. Yeah, you won't have to look for me. I made up in my mind. I made up in my mind. I made up in my mind. I'll say yes. Yeah. 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 I'll gladly say yes. Somebody say yes. Because I'm right here And I'll say yes, yes If you lead me Where you lead me Where you lead me Where you lead me God, I'll say yes Yes, yes, yes My mind says yes Oh Jesus My heart My heart says yes God That's right. I'm That's right. Way in. I'm all the way in. Somebody say I'm yes. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. I'll obey your word this time, Jesus. Yeah. God, I promise not to stray this time. Listen, here's what Adam should have done. <laughs> Psalms 51 in verse 10. What Adam did was to blame Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. But here's what he should have done. Notice when David transgressed against God, he didn't blame anyone. He did not blame Bathsheba for taking a bath on the rooftop. He did not blame his weak flesh for not withstanding the temptation. 
But here's what David said in Psalms 51. He says, I acknowledge, verse 3, my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Verse 10, David writes, Create in me a clean heart and renew in me whoo, a steadfast or right spirit. Don't blame anyone. It's no one's fault. Whoo. It's just you and God. God said, I don't care what you did. You don't have to itemize all your sins because we all have sin. <laughs> I just want to know, will your heart say yes now? Will your heart say yes now? Will your heart say yes? Yes, my heart will say yes. Somebody, oh God, oh God's God. calling you, you I want to know. God dropped this in my spirit. I got to tell you this. Don't let anyone tell you because of what you've done that God cannot use you. Listen to me. Look, look at this. Watch this. This ministry's first pastor, Bishop A.C. Jackson. And before he was Bishop anything, he was just A.C. But A.C. was a drug addict. A.C. dropped out of Booker T. Washington High School in the 11th grade. A.C. broke his mother's heart. Got on a train, left for the racetrack, and his mother was dying. Whew. And when he came back home, his mother had died. Whew. <laughs> This was A.C. Jackson, okay? This was A.C. Jackson. But one day, A.C. went to an old lady's house by the name of Elizabeth Simmons and sat on her porch and said, I don't want to be A.C. anymore. I need God to make me out of who God wants me to be. And God changed his heart and God ordained him and God anointed him and God appointed him and out of this ministry was birth what are you saying Pastor Jackson we all have our stories we all have history we all have things that we've done but just like God used my daddy my father went back and got his GED as a 45-year-old man sitting in Midlands Tech College with 18-year-old students who looked at him and said, why are you here, old man? Because he never gave up. He never gave up. 
and God used him to transform a community. God used him to birth a ministry. And I will never be half the man that he was. And I have more credentials academically than what he would ever have. But it's not the academics that matters. What matters was that his heart was right. And that his heart was transformed. So everybody do me a favor. Close your eyes for just one moment. All hands are down for a moment because this is a sacred time. And here's what I'm asking. Ooh, yes, one more time, Regina. Tell us before all hands are down. Right. Ooh, come on, give me a moment for her. Yes. Here's what. Here's. Here's what I'm asking. Every eye is closed. We're not judging anyone. But anyone in here right now, and you need God to remake your heart, and you want to commit yourself to God. You want to answer the question when God asks, where are you? You want to answer the question with these words. Here am I, Lord. Ooh. We all have been there. Ooh. If you want God to do that, if you, if you need God to do something in your life right now that only God could do, I need you to raise those hands right now. Just to those that want to make that commitment. As we softly sing, raise those hands right now. If you... If, if you're looking for a church home, if, you, if you're looking to recommit your life to the Lord, if you're looking to renew your relationship with God, just raise those hands. Thank you, young man. That young man in the blue right there. Come on, preachers and others, get to him. That young man, anybody else, if, if, if you're willing to do that right now, wherever you are, wherever, if you're in the audience, just come on walk up right now we all have been I told you my daddy's story so you will know that this ministry was based on the redeem of the Lord Ooh. someone else anyone else right now and here's what I'm asking after we pray to those of you who've got those hands up to those of you who want to make this commitment yes I'm purposely taking time with this altar Ooh. I'm purposely, and to those of you who says I'm ready to go, you go. But somebody's life is being changed right now. <laughs> Close those eyes right now. Eternal Father, we thank you. We thank you. We have begun this month with the question you asked Adam, the first man to have been created where are you you asked the question having known that Adam had transgressed knowing that Adam had fallen from grace <laughs> knowing that Adam was hiding among the trees with fig leaves covering what he was ashamed of you asked Adam where are you <laughs> Some young man is being asked right now, man, where are you? Where are you with your relationship with God? 
some young lady right now some person is being asked right now you can have the whole world but if you don't have that relationship with God your business doesn't matter your career doesn't matter <laughs> where are you somebody's making that decision right now to say here am I Lord here am I and we say thank you this is our prayer your name we pray and give thanks and all of those that love the Lord said amen amen if you raise those hands if you want to make that commitment just stay here at this altar we, we want to take you and pray with you and pray for you we want to pray with you come on and tell them yes wherever you are let let them know us come on others want to know thank you young man the young man in the blue and others yes thank you thank you young yeah yeah Look at God, look at God. Yeah, if you lead me, if you lead me, if you lead me, if you lead me, I'll say yes, yes. Look at yes. God, where are you? Yes. These brothers say, hear my Lord. These men say, hear my Lord. Uh, this mother is hugging her son. Say, hear my Lord. Come on, somebody else, anyone else. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Elder Fred. Go with them. Go with these young people and others. Look at God. Yes. Yeah. Somebody say yes. Say yes, Lord. Oh, God. It's not too late. It's not too late. You can be the next Bishop A.C. Jackson. You can be the next Bishop A.C. Jackson. Come on. Right now. Come on. God, look at these people going back. Come on, somebody clap your hands. Help them. Let's celebrate what God is doing. I made up in my mind. I made up in my mind. I'll say yes. Let me tell you. I made a commitment to God a couple months ago not to rush the altar call. And somebody said, well, people are ready to go. You tip out if you have to go. But all of these souls that walked down there, they gave their life to the Lord. Eight o'clock this morning, they gave their life to the Lord. Last Sunday, it was over 20 souls gave their life to the Lord. Somebody ought to clap those hands and give God a hand of praise. Somebody said yes. And we say thank you. Listen. As we prepare for Holy Communion, I want to take this time and just thank someone right now and thank all of you for participating in our vision offering. And I don't do this often, but I want to, on this first Sunday in June, I want to not only thank you, but I want to encourage you for the rest of this year, sacrifice that seven. Now here's the building. Put the picture of the building is, is up front. This is what... This is what we are sowing into. In two weeks, the walls are going to go up. <laughs> Foundation has been laid. The walls are going to go up. Here's what I told the church. 
this morning at 8, I'm going to give you a praise report. As of this day, with the foundation, the walls are getting ready to go up. We've not had to use any of the bank's money. <laughs> a $4 million project walking by faith. Amen. And I want to say thank you to you. $7 every, listen, every penny of what you give in this offering will go towards this project. Amen. Even You've been listening to the worship service of the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, where Daryl Jackson is our pastor. Our worship services are open to all at 2440 Atlas Road in Columbia, South Carolina, just off Interstate 77 between Shop and Bluff Roads. We will continue to air our services here on the radio. We are also streaming live on our website at bwcar.org, on Facebook at Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, and now on YouTube. Our streaming services are available live on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you missed any of our services or want to watch them again, you can get them on demand on any of our social media channels. We invite you to stay in spiritual fellowship with us. To place your order for a CD or DVD of today's sermon titled, Where Are You?, please call us at 803-776-1238. Reference, sermon number 060423. Again, that telephone number is 803-776-1238. Sermon number 060423. Attention parents, the Midlands Community Development Corporation will host several summer enrichment camps for children ages 5 to 17 beginning Monday, June 26. Registration is still open for the Elite Training Camp, Blend Out Loud Performing Arts Camp, and Heaven Bound Dance Camp. Please visit bwcar.org to register. Scholarships may also be available. We praise God for the testimonies of those who have received Christ and now have a deeper relationship with God as a result of this ministry. To sow a financial seed into this ministry, you can give online by clicking the link on our website at bwcar.org or you can give right from your mobile phone by texting BWCAR and your giving amount to the number 73256. You can also mail your gift to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, Post Office Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations are being accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. We thank you for your continued support of this ministry. At Bible Way, our mission is to know God, to love, and to serve.